You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into Locked On Wolves. My name is Ben Beacon. I am the host of Locked On Wolves. Of course, Locked On Wolves is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. In addition to the host of Locked On Wolves, I'm also the editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Tim Rules site on the fan side of network. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. Uh, first of all, off the top, thank you for making Locked On Wolves your first listen every single day. And, and remember, Locked On Wolves is free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube as well as, of course, Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. Uh, really, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnTWolves. That's at LockedOnTWolves. Don't forget the T, and at BBeacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. Again, happy Wednesday. Welcome in. Uh, happy second to last day of, of the preseason season, if you will, once the Timberwolves tip off against the Brooklyn Nets at Barclays Center on Thursday evening. Uh, it'll just be six games until the regular season opener next Wednesday against the Houston Rockets. That's the 20th at Target Center, a very winnable game to open the season. Um, and right now, the Timberwolves are sitting 3-0 in the preseason. Today on the show, I want to spend the first portion of the show talking all about Ben Simmons. He returned to Philadelphia on Tuesday, or I guess it would have been Monday, that he went back to Philadelphia, kind of unannounced, showed up and started the testing, the COVID testing protocols that uh, players have to go, uh, you know, go through when they first joined the team, just like everybody else did at the start of training camp. Simmons is now in that process. No idea what that means for his availability, you know, come a week from now when the regular season starts. But I want to talk about the impact, if any, that his return to Philadelphia has on the Timberwolves uh, right now. And they're uh, apparently... I mean, there's no reason to think the Wolves aren't continuing to pursue the idea of a Ben Simmons trade. So what does that mean for the Wolves? And then I want to dig into ESPN's future power rankings. This is an exercise they do a couple times a year, and uh, I want to go through their methodology, where the Wolves rank now versus where they did in May, and where ESPN is possibly off the mark with where the Timberwolves are ranked. Um, So that's all on the show today. Let's start with the Simmons stuff. Um, So... I guess, first of all, what's the news? The news is that Ben Simmons is in Philadelphia. He is apparently preparing to practice and eventually play with the team. This was reported all initially on Monday morning at almost the exact same time by Sham Sharani of The Athletic and Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Uh, They both reported the news. Literally, they tweeted it at the same time. Uh, Woj had a little bit more detail, but basically... uh, the Sixers at the at the time it was just the Sixers and Simmons were discussing his return. It was seemed imminent. I don't think anybody used that word, but I think they I think uh, Woj said in the near future he would return. By the end of the day Monday he was in Philadelphia, so presumably while this is being reported he was traveling, uh, you know, from where he is in California, where his home is in California to Philly, and uh, beginning the the COVID protocols that he needs to undergo to join the team officially. Um, so we don't know. You know, they were talking, words like resolution were being used. I mean, what's the resolution? Simmons is under contract. He's been fined for missing practice and and preseason games. So I don't know what the resolution needed to be. Basically, it's either he doesn't show up and he gets fined or he shows up and he doesn't get fined and he plays because he's under contract. I don't know. Um, So, I mean, there's a couple things to, to really kind of unpack from this from this news story. First of all, uh, Woj posted this as a follow-up on Twitter on Monday that the Sixers have always wanted Simmons to return. And he even said they see him as part of their future and they're basically just trying to convince Simmons to feel the same way. Um, but that seems to be hard to believe. Uh, they they don't really have any, haven't shown publicly at least, any desire to have Simmons on the roster moving forward. Daryl Morey, the president of basketball operations, 
has uh, in the rest of the front office hasn't really shown that publicly that they are excited about having Simmons on the roster. Of course, Doc Rivers, his comments immediately following their elimination uh, when asked if Simmons could lead, be the point guard on a championship team. And Rivers simply said, I don't know. Now it's an innocent enough response. Uh, well, it's not innocent, but if taken in the proper context in the wake of a disappointing loss, the emotions that follow, he didn't say no, right? He Obviously, it's not the vote of confidence you want. Certainly should have chosen his words differently. Doc should have. But you can't really blame Doc Rivers for responding in that way when asked the question. Joel Embiid, of course, has been Joel Embiid about the whole thing, which is hilarious for people that aren't Sixers fans um, and people that aren't part of uh, Ben Simmons' camp. But, uh, you know, he said some stuff that I would say has gone further than anybody as to suggest, but also everybody knows Embiid's goofy, right? And he said stuff more recently about, oh, we're excited. You know, he hasn't said we're excited, but, you know, basically saying, hey, we'll, we'll take Simmons back. Like, we'll see what happens. Um, so it really doesn't seem like the Sixers really do want Ben Simmons back. And Ben Simmons doesn't really want to be in Philadelphia. I don't even buy that the Sixers are trying to convince him that he wants to be in Philadelphia. I think that ship has sailed and has, you know, sailed some time ago. So basically, the Sixers are trying to scratch and claw and do whatever they can possibly do to regain some semblance of trade value uh, when it comes to when it comes to Ben Simmons. They're going to do whatever they can to get whatever they can for Ben Simmons on the trade market, and, and they should. Um, I mean, mo- more recently, Shams Johnny of the Athletic had reported that. The, uh, this is a recent report. I don't know that it was necessarily a recent offer that basically uh, what the Sixers were trying to get from Portland was it was three first round picks, a couple of pick swaps and CJ McCollum from Portland. Trailblazers aren't doing that. Um, just like the Warriors were never going to do James Wiseman, Andrew Wiggins in three picks plus two pick swaps, as was reported back in July around the draft. Neither of those deals are happening. The Timberwolves are not going to give up Anthony Edwards. They're not going to give up, uh, obviously, Carl Anthony Towns. They're probably not keen on giving up, say, Jade McDaniels and D'Angelo Russell, right? They're not going to give up uh, one of their best two players or, you know, uh, 40% of their current starting lineup to get Ben Simmons when the Wolves kind of think they're in a decent spot right now. Um, so all this is, is Philly trying to scratch and claw for any remaining trade value they can salvage out of Simmons. Here's where I think we're headed. I think this turns out, I mentioned this briefly at the end of the show Tuesday. This is going to end up just like the last couple of times we've seen similar, not identical situations. The Jimmy Butler deal uh, uh, saga, what, uh, three years ago now was very different. You know, Jimmy was headed into the final year of his deal. Simmons has four more years. Jimmy was several years older, was smack in the middle of his prime. Simmons is just about to reach his prime. Um, I would even argue slightly different level of superstar in terms of currently right now their value. You know, Butler was a legit top 15 player. Simmons is probably consensus top 25, uh, maybe not quite thought of in the same way, certainly at this stage uh, right now today as uh, Butler was at the time. Um, and the James Harden thing's different. He had been MVP and, uh, you know, was a consensus top five player in the league. Um, but both of those situations were resolved basically, you know, roughly three weeks into their respective seasons. I mean, the Butler trade happened on November 12th after this thing kind of, it initially blew up in August, September, boiled over in October. Uh, Butler played in roughly half the Timberwolves first, uh, what was it? 10, 12 games before he was dealt. Harden did something similar. I think he played a little more frequently for the Nets, but he was traded January 14th of this calendar year, believe it or not, as crazy as that seems. Uh, and that season started on like what Christmas Eve, I think was the first game that season. So roughly three, maybe four weeks into the season, not quite four weeks into last season is when Harden was traded from Houston to Brooklyn. 
I think we're looking at similar timing. I mean, right now, teams aren't going to pull off a blockbuster on the eve of the season. We haven't seen that since maybe when Harden was traded from Oklahoma City to Houston, you know, nine years ago. Uh, teams like what they have, you know, a team like the Timberwolves, I know it's preseason, but they're 3-0. They're feeling good, good vibes. Everyone's happy. They're getting to know each other in training camp. Coaching staff's comfortable. Nobody wants to really rock the boat unless you're landing a bona fide super duper star, right? Like a top five, 10 guy. The Wolves don't want to send out their second and third or their third and fourth best players or their third and seventh and eighth best players or whatever, plus a bunch of picks for Simmons to rock the boat at this moment. They're not going to meet that that astronomical ask, asking price from Daryl Moore in the Sixers front office at this stage in the offseason. Uh, you know, it, the offseason's over, right? The season starts in a week from today is the Timberwolves' first regular season game. So what happens is teams, potential suitors, wait, they see how the season starts. If it's a rough first couple of weeks, uh, perhaps Philly comes down a little with their asking price. Perhaps these teams that are in the running for Simmons are willing to meet in the middle somewhere because they need to shake things up maybe overreact to a poor start to the season. Maybe there's an injury. So my guess is this is strictly a guess based on past history of similar situations and deals um, and the way that both sides are behaving. This really feels like something that probably doesn't get done until what, like first, second week of November. Um, I'd be really surprised if Simmons is still on the Sixers, certainly by the end of the calendar, by Christmas. I bet it gets done before Thanksgiving. I'm not saying to the Timberwolves. I'm saying, I bet Simmons is no longer a sixer. What does this mean for the Timberwolves, though? Uh, I don't know that it means much. I guess, if anything, it's good news because it means nobody else is about to land Ben Simmons if you want Simmons on the Wolves. It also means the Wolves aren't caving to these really, uh, I don't know, I guess you could call them ridiculous demands. Now, it's obviously where a trade conversation starts, not where, you know, the, that's where the Sixers, their initial asking price is going to be much higher than where they ultimately land on a return for Simmons, right? That's always the case. Um, and that as the seller, that's how you should approach it. Um, but, uh, you know, all this really means is nobody else is about to get Simmons. The Sixers aren't getting their asking price met and the Timberwolves aren't caving. Um, beyond that, I don't know that it has much impact on the Timberwolves. I I don't know also that the Timberwolves three and a preseason start really has any effect on Sasha and Gupta and his job. It shouldn't because that's, you know, that, that the three, no is something really good for the coaching staff and the players to build off of. And, and more psychologically than anything else, perhaps, you know, uh, players are buying in, et cetera, et cetera. The front office should be removed from that and should be making decisions based on the roster. Right. And three preseason games should not change how the front office feels about their own roster. So um, all that to say, I don't think that the situation that the Simmons thing impacts the situation all that much um, in Minnesota. I still think he's traded in the next probably four weeks at most six weeks. Um, and at this point, I would still put the Wolves up there with Sacramento and maybe Portland and, and uh, Golden State. Maybe Indiana is kind of the three or four teams most likely to land Simmons. Um, we'll see how this thing shakes out. Obviously, keep an eye on it. If there's any real news, uh, we'll, of course, cover it here at Locked Out Wolves. All right. Next, I want to get into ESPN's future power rankings. We're going to do that here in just a moment. First, though, let's talk about our friends over at Sweat Block. There's a few things in life that simply are not fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know exactly what I mean. When you're sweating through your shirts for no reason at all, it can absolutely be embarrassing. Some of you may know I've personally dealt with this in the past. Not anymore, though, because I'm using sweat block antiperspirant wipes. Whether it's public speaking, uh, an important speech in general, an interview, a uh, first date, whatever it might be, you don't want to sweat through your shirt. 
you have to use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed, I know it sounds too good to be true, but you literally only have to use Sweatblock once or maybe twice a week. It'll keep you dry the entire time. No more pitting out. No more picking your shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes are doctor created and doctor recommended. They work for, again, up to seven days per use. You use it once, maybe twice per week. There's a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock does not keep you dry, you'll get your money back. It's been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by Firefighters. It's been a bestseller on Amazon now for the past decade. It has over 13,000 reviews, and it is still number one in Amazon's antiperspirant category. You can wear whatever you want to wear. It's your little secret to confidence and a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag. If you or someone you love is dealing with the issue of excessive sweat and you have to check out Sweatblock, get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code Locked on. You can also pick it up at Amazon or CVS if that's more convenient. But again, promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. You'll get 20% off. Sweatblock.com, promo code locked on for 20% off. Okay, uh, let's talk about this ESPN piece uh, related to future power rankings. Um, so, this is an exercise that's done over at ESPN typically twice a year. So the last time they did this was back in May. So end of the regular season, leading into the postseason, leading into the playoffs. Uh, and this is, uh, uh, there's a, a kind of a group of analysts that does the city has been back in the day. It was our friend Chad Ford was part of it. Uh, of course, of the, uh, the Chad Ford's big board podcast right here on the locked on podcast network. Um, currently it's East Bend analyst, Kevin Pelton, Bobby Marks, Andre Snellings, and Tim Bontemps, which are a collection of former front office guys, analytics based guys, more scouting columnist type guys as well. Um, so they take five categories. They rank each team relative to the rest of the league in said categories. Um, and then I'll, I'll explain what those are real quickly and then get into the nuts and bolts of it. Basically the five categories are players, management, money, market, and draft players are worth 58.1% of the overall score as they should be. So over half the score management is worth 16.7% of the score, uh, which is quality and stability of front office ownership and coaching. So it's lumping front office, which of course the wolves had recent upheaval ownership, new ownership coming on board after some, uh, after many years of questionable at times ownership and coaching another recent change, although certainly looks to be more, um, competent with Chris Finch than in many, uh, well, I don't know, many years in general in Timberwolves history. That's only, uh, or that's 16.7%. The other three categories are each worth just 8.3% a piece. And that's money, which is salary cap situation, market, self-explanatory and draft, which is future draft picks and draft positioning. So 58% of the score is players just under 17% management and then money market and draft split the rest of them. So the, uh, uh, the, this group of five from, uh, from ESPN then ranks each team based on each of these categories. So the Timberwolves, first I want to talk about where they were back in May of this year um, and then compare that to where they are now. And then I want to get into why I, what I agree with and what I disagree with. So first, this is mostly presented without comment. Um, back in May of this year, so this is following the Timberwolves close to the season before the draft, still with the pending draft pick before the lottery, before we knew that the pick would for sure convey to Golden State, although it was always more likely that it was going to. The Timberwolves ranked 29th out of 30 teams in the future power rankings, only beating out Cleveland. They were down from 26, which uh, they had been ranked heading into last season. So they went from 26 to 29. Uh, this year overall now, or I should say this month in October, heading into this season, they're back up to 25th. So they rose four spots after dropping three the last time around. Uh, so where were they in May? 
They were ranked dead last in market, 30th. They ranked uh, tied for 28th in management. And remember at the time, Rosas was in the front office. Uh, the announcement of Rosas, or excuse me, of uh, Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie becoming owners in the Timberwolves had been made, but it wasn't official. Um, and, it, and Chris Finch had just been hired several weeks before that. So they were tied 28th in management, 25th in players. Again, this is back in May. 23rd in money, which is pretty low, but remember the Wolves were capped out and then tied for 12th in draft assets um, with the uh, the pick owed to Golden State, both picks actually this year owed to Golden State, and then all their future uh, of their own, the future of their own picks, or I should say all of their future picks were owned by Minnesota heading into the season. So now where do we sit today on October, uh, what is it, October 13th, headed into this season? The Wolves ra- rose overall from 29th to 25th, still 30th in market, Management dropped from 28th to 30th, of course, had to do with the upheaval in the front office ownership, if nothing else is better now with the infusion of, which is funny, by the way, the ESPN write-up on the Timberwolves here says, the Wolves moved up four slots of the rankings after an eventful several months during which the franchise was sold to Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez and conveyed its final draft pick to the Warriors. So it talks about the Laurie and Rodriguez thing almost as if it's a good thing, which I think most people would agree that it is long-term. But the Rosa stuff caused them to plummet to 30th. So 30th in market, 30th in management. Remember, management makes up just under 17% of this overall rank. 22nd in players, which is up from, was it 24th in 2019, I believe. Uh, Sorry, 25th. So up three spots. Uh, Money, they raised up or rose up to number eight in money. They were 23rd in May. Now, why is that? Um, Well, they... Basically, just that there's a bunch of expiring deals that come off the books after this year. And there was really a lot of shuffling. I think the Wolves roster right now is a little bit more malleable in in terms of shipping out expiring deals. There's roughly 40 million in expiring contracts. You know, it's a lot of it's Torian Prince, Patrick Beverly, um, to a lesser extent, Jake Lehman, you know, smaller deal. But there's roughly 40 million in like four guys that that expire after this year. Um, and heading into the offseason, there was very little flexibility. The Wolves Moved some of that money, you know, not all of it completely guaranteed, but the Juancho trade, uh, you know, I guess Rubio's would have been expiring after this year anyway, but um, just a few of the, of the, they shuffled the deck a little bit this year and it caused them to rise 15 spots in this ranking in terms of money. Draft, they rose from 12th to 10th, mostly just because they acquired another, uh, I think two second, uh, I guess just one since May, uh, second rounder that they got in the Torian Prince, Ricky Rubio deal from Cleveland. And then also the fact that they don't owe any more picks. So they have a couple of extra second rounders and then all of their own future picks uh, as far into the future as you want to look, the Wolves have all of their picks. So uh, w- now is not the time for a full, a full, you know, autopsy of the Gerson Rosas tenure in Minnesota. In fact, there's plenty that still needs to be written on that. Obviously the team that barely played not even a full season's worth of games really with Rosas in charge, but say what you will about Rosas. I know he gave, I shouldn't say gave away, he traded away both his picks this year. There's no future picks owed. I mean, this wasn't a crazy, uh, you know, they didn't have to make a rule because he dealt all his future first round picks like they like they did with uh, um, the the Stepien rule, right? Um, it's not like Rosas went all, uh, for, for, for what his reputation has been as a wheeler and a dealer and a big game hunter and all that good stuff, he did not mortgage the Timberwolves' entire future. And the roster is certainly in a better spot now than it was 18 months ago when Rosas took over. And uh, yes, there's been some ugly intermediate stages in between there. Um, and certainly his tenure came crashing down in a really ugly way. But I feel better about the roster on October 13th, 2021 than I did in May of 2019. It's just a better roster. That That's a fact. Um, okay. 
So next, what I want to do is I want to look at where the Timberwolves sit, uh, why I disagree a little bit with with a couple of these rankings, and then also where they sit compared to the teams right around them in ESPN's ranking and and why I uh, partially agree, partially disagree with with where they are overall. So we're going to do that next. First, though, let's talk about our great friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. I promise you it tastes exactly like a candy bar. There's tons of delicious flavors from coconut uh, to salted caramel, cookies and cream, um, anything with cookie dough, anything with caramel, anything with coconut, I swear by Built Bars. They're fantastic. If you have not tried all the flavors, you need to get a mix box to get two of each of the nine main flavors. And again, they're not only healthy, but they're delicious. Um, and when we're, I mean, delicious, talked about the flavors. Let's talk about the healthy side of things. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from only 130 up to 180, only 180 calories per bar. Only four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams net carbs. All the flavors taste amazing and they're all healthy. Uh, also, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. You can go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, let's uh, finish talking about the ESPN Future Power Rankings. So the Wolves are 25th. Again, 30th dead last in management, 30th dead last in market, 22nd in players, 10th in draft capital and money, or excuse me, 8th in money in terms of salary uh, on the books for the Wolves moving forward. So I obviously disagree with the market ranking of 30. I mean, the guys that did this know they're, they're ESP, for the most part, NBA insiders. They deal with players and coaches. They know what the perception is around the league. I still don't think the Wolves would really have the dead last perception in terms of market. Um, obviously, climate, the arena is not outstanding. Um, I get all that, and I don't want to sit here and trash other markets, but uh, I'd be surprised if in an honest moment, the majority of players wouldn't admit that the Twin Cities are better as a market than um, pick another kind of mid to low size market in the NBA, right? Uh, the I'm just going to throw out a few. I'm not going to single out any cities, but you know the, the Clevelands, the um, Sacramentos, the... Uh, I don't know, Detroit's, Milwaukee's, you know, cities like that in terms of market, it's hard for me to say that the, the Timberwolves are the 30th market. Uh, the Oklahoma cities of the world, um, uh, you know, it just, that to me is surprising. Um, the management thing, it's hard to argue, but I feel like that changes pretty quickly when Chris Finch proves over the course of a season that he is a good coach. That's going to rise. Players will rise when they are healthy. Uh, so those two, management and players are going to are going to rise up the list. Money and draft, those are already in a good spot. So I think right now, I probably would have players, management, and market all a little bit higher. I'd maybe have money and draft a little bit lower. Um, simply, well, I guess the draft one's probably about right since they owe no picks. But the money one, I, you know, I don't feel as good about the Wolves cap situation that I'd have it ranked that high. All things considered, I'm comfortable with them in the 20 to 23 range. I don't understand it really how they can be behind the Wizards who are at 24. The Thunder, who are at 23, I get all the draft picks. That's great. Um, but ranking Oklahoma City ahead of Minneapolis as a market is surprising. Ranking their players 29th, I guess, makes sense. Management at five, um, you know, I, like we don't know a lot about the coaching yet after a season. So that's a little surprising. I get that Sam Presti's great. Ownership gives them mostly what they want. But they've also kind of been in a perpetual state of churn now for the last few years. And I don't know, like, I understand that that's better than where the Wolves have been for 16 of the last 17 years. I get that. But the perpetual state of this, are we rebuilding? Are we not? At the same time, accumulating assets. But, um, you know, 
why did Presti have to, you know, going all the way back, the Hardin thing in the first place is some of it's revisionist history, but um, fifth seems a little bit high for Oklahoma City. They're well-respected. I understand that. But 23 overall is a little bit high. San Antonio is 22nd, and that's mainly because of prestige, right? And they're in a good cap spot. They haven't traded picks. That's not what they do. Um, so they're 22nd. New Orleans is 21st. I'd probably slide the Wolves ahead of New Orleans, San Antonio, and Oklahoma City, and Washington for that matter, and put them about 20th. Um, I understand them, or 21st, we'll call it. Charlotte can be ahead of the Wolves. I get that too. Um, and then 19th is the Bulls. And from there, it's, it would be hard to put the Wolves any higher than like 20th or 21st on this list. 25th still feels low. Uh, the teams below Minnesota are some of the markets I just mentioned. The Sacramento Kings are 26th. Houston's 27th, of course, not because of market or money or draft, but because their players and their current front office and coaching staff are pretty untested and underwhelming uh, just based on last year. Detroit is 28th. Uh, no surprise there. Orlando 29th and the Cleveland Cavs are 30th on this list. So the Wolves, again, up from 29th to 25th. My take is if they make the playoffs, I think they're like 16th on this list come May or April or whenever they put this list out in the spring after a, a normal NBA calendar. If they make the playoffs at all, even if it's playing, they're going to be 16th or 17th. That would be my guess. Um, so a fascinating exercise. You know, I, it's hard to quibble too much with the results. I, I, I think that for the most part, they get it right. Incidentally, uh, at the top of the list is the Brooklyn Nets. Not a surprise there. Milwaukee, the defending champs, of course, number two, then the Lakers at three. Denver, nice to see them at fourth. Their market is ranked 15th. Uh, that seems about right, um, but their money and draft situation aren't great. So this is on the strength of their roster and their management. Their front office has been fantastic, even after uh, Masai went to Toronto. And uh, obviously, Michael Malone's a fantastic coach as well. So that makes a lot of sense. This article, by the way, it's at ESPN. It is an insider article. So you need an ESPN Plus subscription to read it. But if you have that, please go check it out. It is a, a fun breakdown um, of each of the franchises and where they sit now and something that will get refreshed here in about six months or so as well. Um, so go check that out at ESPN. All right. Uh, that's all I have for you today. Um, thanks once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Um, of course, you can follow this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube now as well. We're about six weeks into this thing on YouTube. Please follow, please subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Uh, like the video you're watching now, if you are watching on YouTube and you can follow me below at at bbeacon on Twitter. Also the show at Locked on T Wolves. Don't forget the T on Twitter. Uh, we will be live tweeting once the season gets kicked off the majority of games uh, from one or both accounts. We'll see. Um, and then also anywhere you listen to podcasts, if you prefer to get audio only and don't want to look at my face while you listen, you can listen anywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course, the all new Odyssey app as well. Um, coming up later this week, we'll of course have a, uh, we're going to do on the Thursday pod, uh, talk a little bit about um, Zach Lowe's league pass rankings, also over at ESPN. Any additional notes uh, that come up related to training camp or I guess really the end of the preseason. And then we'll do a post-game pod that'll post during the day on Friday uh, following Thursday night's preseason finale against the Brooklyn Nets. So be sure you're following and subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts that so you get all that. Um, otherwise, that's all I have for you today. Thanks once again for listening. Of course, Lockdown Wolves is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast. And we'll catch you next time. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. 
That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.